Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're finally here, enjoying uh, another episode of Brew Strong. Hey, good howdy, afternoon, hey. Brew Strong. And hey, howdy, hey, bring yeah. brothers and sisters. You, know, you guys just, should pick just, one volume of your voice to use. I just, I just got thrown off track. <laughs> I hate running this show for you guys. Got thrown off track. How? Keep it fresh. Keep How did you get beer. thrown off track? Yeah, well, we're enjoying here. Is, uh, <laughs> what are we enjoying here, John? Some Firestone 11th anniversary. Oh, yeah. Okay. Still? We were drinking that last month. When are you That's guys right. still drinking it? Two, week, two <laughs> weeks ago, yes. Oh, sorry. Two we weeks were ago. two weeks ago. Still, it's a big bottle. Yeah. Bomber. Age as well. Age as well. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a great beer. Uh, kudos to uh, Matt Brindleson. Mm-hmm. My, the, my man love right there. Mm. Brindleson. Yep. And uh, his his crew at Firestone Walker, good job. One of my one of my favorites, definitely. Matt Brindleson or the uh, uh, Firestone <laughs> Eleven. I, I really didn't want to differentiate. You know, right? They're one and the same feelings, to me. But, yeah. yeah, I would drink but, either one. Yeah, mm-hmm. man code <laughs> issues. Man code issues. Speaking of which, we have uh, the uh, venerable John John Blickman here in the studio. Howdy, hey, my brilliant brothers and sisters. Yes. There we our, go. Uh, our, um, our sponsor for the show, we also have uh, Kevin uh, Draken uh, here 
uh, in the uh, in the studio. Drake and Bacon. Drake and Bacon. Yes. Drake and Bacon. Uh, it was in a movie called Footloose. In case you don't know. <laughs> I think Tremors. Is Somebody's really, drunk. Tremors really hit his peak. Tremors yeah. was quite yeah. nice. Yes, I enjoyed that one. As I'm well. actually surprised he had the you know balls to not do a Tremors too. Thank God. All right, but they did do a Tremors too. Yeah, did they? Did, they did they a Tremors did, show. They tried to do a friggin' series. Right. Yeah. And they didn't they do a three? They did a four, bro. They did a four. Yeah. Wow, I've fallen And behind. the only the only person that was ever in all of them was that Hal guy. I forget his name. Yeah. Was four with the Tremors with Gremlins or? <laughs> Tremlins, I think. Yeah, one of them they had like, they mixed in Gremlins along with the. Uh, did they really? I don't know. I, I think didn't so, even. didn't they? Yeah. I think that was three. Yeah. That's pretty much how you soured me on the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, Kevin, why did you do that movie? I don't quite understand. <laughs> the money. The money? Yeah, the money, the money. All right. Well, yeah, that's why you're living up in Tahoe. You know, to live up in Tahoe it takes it takes a, a fair amount of bucks. You yeah, got to be okay. a famous movie star in order yeah. to do that. And, but and at least you didn't do the movie from, with trolls. The residuals from Footloose is, I think, uh, you know, that's that's one reason why. Yeah, for you, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have a caller already. You want to get right to it or what? Yeah, let's get right to it. Uh, right. Questions for uh, John Blickman here. Uh, caller yeah. on the air. Hi. Uh, I've only, should I spray tan or should I use the booth? I've only done outdoor tanning to this point. What do you think, Blickman? Spray tanning is so much more efficient, and I'm all about the sufficiency. All and right. you can leave I, things uncovered very easily. What's your efficiency of uh, spray tan? Oh, at least 82%, but you don't want to go too much because you'll get some harsh tannins. You get some tannin extraction. Oh, uh, okay. Thank you. Do you have right. anything brewing related for uh, Blickman? Uh, no, you guys are doing well. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. You. Thanks for calling. <laughs> All right, thank you. JP rules. Yeah, he does. And and, and the reason why we don't take uh, live phone calls uh, <laughs> on the show. All I right. don't know. I thought it was pretty relevant. <laughs> yes. there, there's no topic. All Q&A, right? Right, right, right. right on schedule there, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I don't know how, how that whole, <laughs> whole thing works. But, uh, yeah, we, we went up to uh, Tahoe and... Uh, said wee wee. Wee wee. Hung out with uh, Kevin Bacon in his state up there. Uh, and who knew Kevin Bacon was a uh, homebrewer? That was the exciting thing for me. And had some wonderful smoked hruda. Or how do you say that? Hauda. Hauda. That's right. Hauda. And Jamil. Hauda, you hear me? What? <laughs> and Jamil spit, launched spit all over him, cheesy right? saliva onto my hand. <laughs> <laughs> launched it, huh? Is that what they call it? Launched. Yeah. And then he treasured it. Uh, and, yeah. yeah, it wasn't saliva. It was cheesy, but it wasn't saliva. (laughs) More pineapple-y. It was a bit nutty. How do you want me to do this, Jamil? Do you just want me to go right to the phones whenever we get a call or tell you? you Sure, what the heck. Let's do another. Here we go. Caller. Hey. 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 You guys are there? Yes. Yes. Are you there? Uh, So I'm not as on topic as the last guy. I got, you know, I'm even more far off, but I want to talk about some kettles and stuff like that. There you go. (laughs) Nice. Um, So... I've been wanting to buy a couple Blickman kettles for a while now. Um, I want to do like a, a, what is it, 15, 60 or whatever it is, the kind of like the more beer setup. Uh, but I want to do, I don't want to do a flat tiered system. I want to have a two tier where I have like the mash ton and the hot liquor kettle and the boil kettle. Mm-hmm. Um, the mash ton and the hot liquor up top and then the boil kettle down below. Um, and I was wanting to use, uh, like, recirculate my mash through mm-hmm. a copper coil through the, the hot liquor tank to keep the, the temperature. And I'm kind of wondering about this autosparge 
um, there's not a whole lot of great information on it on the website and stuff. Uh, on Northern Brewer, I've read all their uh, their little uh, reviews and stuff, and I've none of them were very good. So I thought I'd come to the source and ask John himself if that will hold up to like a pump pushing on it and stuff like that, and if it works really well for those kind of systems. Uh, yeah, the good question. Um, uh, we've really designed that to uh, um, really be tailored for the home brewer, and uh, it holds up just fine to your typical. Um, mag drive pump march pump being the most common um a lot of them you'll see uh that are really set up for residential water pressure and they they have a very small uh, orifice through them jamil's going to pick up on that later i know the small orifice residential water pressure yes yes <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he's all over that mm-hmm. uh and, and that's so that you can turn off a you know with this with the relatively small force you have from a float uh so jamil's that, all about that yes uh so what we did with with ours, since we knew we we would be passing some grain particles, you've also have the sticky sugar. Uh, we opened up uh, the opening in there with a larger orifice, uh, so that we could pass uh, particles through there. She so wouldn't have any plugging issues, mm-hmm. um, malt bits and malt bits and stuff. Huh? Right, right. And uh, but we still have enough uh, uh, force on the float to be able to. Uh, resist the the the, the uh, flow the, weight. Yeah, the the dynamic uh, pressure from the uh, mm-hmm. your typical homebrew pump. So it won't be an issue at all. That's what I use in my brewery, and I've used that well, for many many years. And and the one thing I love about the 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 top tier system is, um, you know, you you were describing how you want your mash tun, your kettle, and how you want your hot liquor tank, and. And, you know, how I saw Kevin and his setup and I, how I know John has his setup and how I have mine set up, you know, they're all different. And you can yeah. do anything from a flat, you know, it's all yeah. one level to any kettle can be any position over the other one or behind or alongside or however you want to have it. And and you can change that once you've started brewing with it. You're like, oh, right. you know, I'd really wish this was up. You know, six inches higher. Or I wish I could, it was six inches lower, and I could see into it, or whatever it would be. Yeah, you can actually do that, and I I think that is the the brilliance of the of the top tier. I moved for on. me yeah. is really you know that well, and you know how you like it and how I like it. I like right. it is rough, but you know <laughs> you know other people may want it differently styles. in you know different heights or, or different ways of doing things. Or you like gravity feed, you don't want to work with pumps, right. or you're all about pumps or or whatever. And, you know, what you want to do with the recirculation and all that, you can take, uh, you know, there's, there's all sorts of parts. There's uh, pump mounting brackets and there's the auto sparger. You can, you know, you can use, you know, any variety of, of equipment on that top tier system right. and, and make it all configured the way you want. So you yeah. could take, you could, do, you could do a RIMS, you could do a HERMS, you could do a direct fire, you could do any of that stuff on the top-tier system. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And using the auto sparge for right. any of those, those versions. Yeah. And, and that's the thing I, I, I like about it. Is it's very flexible. It allows you to configure it the way you want. And you can mix and match. You don't have to buy everything from Blickman. Sorry, John. Hey, <laughs> we we set up Kevin. Right. Uh, Kevin's yeah. got a mix of uh, he's got a mix a more of, beer kettle. He's right, got he's got all sorts of different parts and pieces. Couple kegels from, and uh, yeah, and it, you know, it, it, and and I don't want to seem like a homer, but 
the the thing I really loved when the Tower of Power came out was you can stick that onto any any piece of equipment anywhere. It's going to work. I mean, it, it'll it'll tie into just about anything. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was really quite nice as well. I love that. You know, ability to adapt and to integrate all your parts, and it's like nothing goes to waste. You start off with this one piece, and you can just build on it, and it'll all fit into you know like a top tier later on. So I, I you know, I don't want to, I don't want to go on and on. People think it's commercial, but I thought it was uh, I, for me that that's great because you know homebrewers don't have a lot of money to waste most of the time so and how many homebrewers get to go out and buy the system they eventually end up with after 10 years of brewing they get to right. cobble it together year after year adding right. subtract you know changing parts right. out yeah you're you're you not know, you're like okay this year i'm gonna it's spring like, yeah. for the yeah i got five you know, grand below, and yeah. for the is that good color you good well i i had a i wanted to ask john about how his system is set up at home because he said he kind of has the same kind of system I was talking about. I just wondered how his... Palmer or Blickman? I don't think he's ever brewed. Oh, Either Blickman. one. Yeah. Oh, okay. it's all, well, theoretically, I would. Oh, Blickman, he's brewed. I have a... Uh, I actually use an almost horizontal system. I've got... Because uh, I brew in my basement, and my basement's got fairly low ceiling height, about seven feet. Um, and so I brew on, uh, mostly on one level, and I've got a rims system, electric rim system that I've set up. And uh, it uses a uh, the March 809 pump, and uh, I actually uh, had a um, uh, the original Autosparge set up for a couple of years before it just clicked. You know, I had to have this as a product, and uh, that's when we developed it and and started selling it for people. And it it works great on the pump. Um, I like it because it's it's uh, simple. You know, it, whatever you set your drain rate to on your pot. The auto sparge is going to match absolutely perfectly, and I'd run my mash on dry, overflowed it, all that, mm-hmm. and that's really uh, how I came up with uh, what I came up with. But we had when when we used just a commercial one, we had some problems with it plugging every once in a while, and that's why when we developed the production one, we um, went with a larger orifice. We did went with a larger uh, orifice. Normally, I wouldn't uh, prefer that, but. Uh, it worked great in this case, and uh, and then just opened up some of the tolerances, so you know you wouldn't get uh, sticking from uh, uh, the wort sugars. So uh, yeah, it should work great uh, in a Herm system, rim system, uh, even a uh, with with Kevin. Um, uh, he's going to get his set up uh, just for gravity system. In fact, Kevin, tell us about uh, after your brew day. We talked a little bit about uh, uh, wanting to change your configuration, maybe. Yeah, right now the right now I've got the top tier. Well, I should preface this by saying I've got the uh, the auto sparge sitting around, but it hadn't gotten hooked up for brew day. So I'm going to retrofit that onto a keggle that I've got. We used up all our fine. drill bits and good. yeah, we had to something had to give. We had to get to brewing eventually, but uh, I've got my top tier set up gravity style. So I've got the uh, hot liquor up top, and then then the mash tun, then the boil kettle down below. Um, but after talking to uh, John Palmer and looking at his system, I think. I might make some adjustments. I have a March pump. But and that just, just got added to your system recently, right? I've had it for about two years, but I, I use it for recirculating the mash, and I use it for the uh, Whirlpool immersion chiller, but I think I could use it to push beer and and move the, both. You can the, lower that whole thing yeah, down lower the to mash where you can down, see into every Get rid kettle. of the ladder yeah. and at least have the uh, the hot liquor tank up top. I don't need to see into that, really. Right. And but everything else you can, below. you can lower that down and pump pump that liquor over. Yeah. Because so you, we're gonna do you a little can use the auto sparge. Yeah. You know, you can put your hot liquor on the bottom. 
and your other your mash and your your kettle on the same level, and you can just pump that hot liquor up, yeah. and the auto sparge will, will control the flow. It'll be perfect. Yeah. All right, guy on the phone. What do you think about that? Are we done with you yet? <laughs> well, I got another question. If it's okay, but I understand if you guys want to get me out. Oh, the phone. go ahead. One more time. Yeah, go we ahead. don't know your name though. All right. Yeah, um, my name is Matt. Hey, um, Matt. So uh, I I haven't done an all green batch. I've done a partial mash, but I'm kind of just going head first into all this. Nice. Uh, one question I've got for you guys is about sparging. That's the one thing that kind of you know freaks me out a little bit is hitting my temperatures and all that, and you know sparging in general. Mm-hmm. Um, if I open up the ball valve to the my hot liquor tank and that runs down to the pump, and I've never used a pump, so when I start using the system, it will be my, the first time I use a pump. Uh-huh. Um, I assume that water is just going to hang out down there until like the the auto sparge uh, falls down to where like the right. water starts running off. Right. And so, so am I going to lose a lot of temperature in that? Like, no. I mean, I know I'm going to lose a little bit, but is it going to be enough to be a problem? No, you won't. You won't lose a whole lot. You you want to keep your your sparge water temperature up, and you'll kind of figure it out as you go. Yeah. You know, you know, generally target like 173, 175 for your sparge temperature, and that's plenty. Mm-hmm. The okay. the thing is, any restriction you put on your flow, you want to put it post the pump, right? You don't want to put a restriction prior to a March pump. You don't want to starve it. You put it afterwards and let it you know push against the pressure. So if you want to control, throttle the amount of flow, you put it afterwards. The auto sparge is going to control that for you. Mm-hmm. And anytime it needs water, it drops down. the The pump is going to go ahead and flow, and and you should be good. And you're going to want to set that auto sparge so that it is open when you're mashing, because if you have it so that it's closed when you're mashing, uh, you're not going to be able to prime that pump. So make sure when you set your auto sparge float that it's right. it's fully open, or at least mostly open, and or then push down on it when you're right priming when, your pump, which. That's right, the way I go. so the, you open it up. There's a couple different ways. You, you really want about two inches of foundation water on the on the top of your grain bed mm-hmm. uh, when you're sparging. So you can just kind of uh, you know lift the the float ball up and just kind of set it so that it would be about in the middle of the ball, about two inches above your your grain bed, and uh, and that's about right. And then when you drop it down, you'll have enough uh, air venting so that you won't uh, airlock your March pump. That's about. Yeah. I'd like I'd like to offer an alternative. Does it Offer up, John. Okay. No, no. Sorry. Cut him off. <laughs> Heavy sigh. Um, I, I have my hot liquor tank set up about uh, oh, about five feet off the ground. The burner is about five feet off the ground. And then the both the mash tun and uh, boil kettle are about, uh, I guess the burner is about knee height. So they're they're down low. On, and I have you know those 180 degrees apart with the HLT um, behind them, uh, behind the post. And I gravity feed my sparge to the otter sparger. And then I use the pump to slowly pump uh, over from, the, from the mash tun over to the boil kettle. And, uh, you know, I, and I have a ball valve uh, on the outflow of the pump so I can control that and, and set up a nice steady state flow from, you know, from the HLT into the tun and then pumping out to the boil kettle. And that works really well for yeah. me. Well, and that's and that's fine, and mm-hmm. and, and like uh, that's what I was saying at the beginning. We we all have different ways of setting this up, and that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Now, what I have is the hot liquor tank is down below. The you've got the the kettle, and then you can set the mash above the kettle, so you can. 
gravity feed off the mash, yeah, okay. nice and gentle. You're not pumping your mash because you get shearing force in the pump, yep. which is damaging to the uh, damaging to the wort. Yeah, that's the whole commercial brewer thing. Okay, <laughs> the shear force is not good on that, but you're pumping your water up, so it uh, you know it flows the the water from the pump through the uh, the auto sparge. Which helps to keep your March pump clean too. Right, and then your pump's clean. It's only hot water. All right, are we are we done with Matt now? I think Kevin and yeah. I just slapped down Matt. the Palmer. I don't know, <laughs> but you know, we all we, there's there's no really right way or wrong way, or there's no wrong way to doing it. I think there's multiple right ways, which is great. Mm-hmm. And then and again, I don't want to seem like a homer, but that's the thing I love about it is wow, you know the the system. If it doesn't ship the way you want it, you know, you set it the way that yeah. you want it to work, you can do it. Yeah, I, I, you, I changed you know, my round, mine around after a couple of brews. It's like, right. tried it one way, and now I want to try it and, this and way. And you're still not making better beer. That's the problem. <clears throat> you know? All right, I, got, Matt. I got a book you could read. <laughs> thanks for the call, buddy. All right. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right. Uh, no worries. All right. Let's take a short break, and we come back. More, more questions with uh, my friend, John Blickman. Back after this. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the Intuitive Beer Gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps home brewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weld thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The auto sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe, and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it, with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmaster's Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BN Army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to Riverside 
curbside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, special rotating taps, and the BN Army Member Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. A heretic is anyone who does not conform to an established attitude, doctrine, or principle. If you love craft beer, you're already a heretic. The very first thing we did when we started looking at the beers that we would brew, we got rid of all those recipes. We started from scratch. We've been pilot brewing the most creative things that we think of and the most interesting things. We've completely gone away from style. Heretic Brewing Company is opening this spring in Pittsburgh, California, and you can be a part of it. Visit hereticbrewing.com and facebook.com slash hereticbrew. Get the latest updates on the brewery and upcoming beers. Show everyone how you celebrate great beer as a heretic. It's a fairly powerful word. Being a heretic, that means you're not settling for ordinary beer. You are going with flavorful, creative, bold, interesting beers. A heretic is looking for the best beers out there. Be a heretic. Don't drink ordinary beer. Welcome to the Metal Shop. This month, More Beer welcomes you to the place the magic happens. The More Beer Metal Shop. It's the place where unique products you can only get at More Beer are made. Go to morebeer.com and watch their new video about More Beer's metal fabrication shop and see how their custom brew sculptures, conicals, wart chillers, grain mills, and other proprietary items are made. Welcome to the Metal Shop, and all month you can save on a selection of innovative More Beer equipment. Only this month, and only at morebeer.com. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. Oh, thanks for joining us. <laughs> beer. It's a good thing we have a caller on Skype. Tim. Hello, hey, Tim. Hey, what's going on? I don't know. You tell us, man. Nothing. Just uh, getting ready to run off my last five gallons of uh, Hef Bites, and I called in with a question for John Blickman. Uh, very good. My question is, John, was there any uh, solid cougar sightings this year? This is Timmy out in O'Fallon. Timmy Renette. How I enjoyed the voice. No, there were no cougar sightings, thankfully, uh, at, at the NHC this year. I was, con- I was concerned that you may, have been, uh, you may have been stalked this year, much like you were last year. I put on cougar bait. So <laughs> very it, uh, nice. Cougar repellent, I should say. Cougar repellent. So Very nice. Well, yeah, man. You had a stalker? What's called that about? I just wanted to call in and say hello. Apparently cougar baiting. So how you been, Timmy? <laughs> no, I'm doing good. It's uh, Life's pretty good out here, you know? I just knocked out about 10 gallons of, uh, of uh, wheat beer I brewed, and uh, although a minor mishap along the way, the gasket to my hop rocket vanished, and uh, uh, maybe a dog ate it. Not really sure. Kids, but, uh, blame the kids. It's fail What's that? Blame the kids. Yeah, well, maybe the kids. The kids stay out of the brew room for the most part, as you've uh, as you've seen. It's kind of scary in there, but uh, no, it was good news. I was able to jerry rig cut in a half piece of uh, keg hose 
cut it in half and run it in there, and it managed to hold the seal enough to uh, to All run right. the beer through. So, so Tim, you have a uh, a question about uh, uh, Blickman products or brewing in general? Uh, no, just called in to say hi, John, and uh, and tell him that uh, no, I have no questions about his products. I love all of them. I'm running two right. boiler makers and a hopper and a terminator. So, so no, apparently I just now to we're and running say hi the, real quick. Uh, and you cut me off, and uh, thanks a lot. You guys are doing great. Appreciate all the work. All right, Tim, we're, peace out. we're running the Thank Facebook you. of uh, brewing uh, shows now. And, uh, well, you know, you got to show love. Oh yeah, we well, it's good co- to hear from you, Timmy. We have a caller. Hey, hey, hey. who's this? Uh, Sudo Chef. Hey, pseudo chef, what's up, bud? Uh, not much. What is your question? So, I was recently gifted a Blickman beer gun, and I want to know the best way to clean it. As in, I'm going to be bottling like uh, regular beers as well as a bunch <clears throat> of sour beers. Sour beers, you say? Yes. It was masked by. Some noise here. There was an explosion. There was. All right. So uh, the the way that I do it that I find is the easiest is uh, you know once you've run your beer into your bottles and you're you're, you're finished bottling, go ahead and um, uh, finish up a, a up a, a bucket of PBW a beer line cleaner warm and uh, open the the valve in the bucket and let it gravity feed, let the rest of the beer in the lines pull it through, you know, siphon it through the, the beer gun, let the whole thing fill up, set the end back in the PBW bucket, and let it sit there for, you know, 15 minutes, half hour. Let that kind of work on any uh, proteins and other material that might have been there drawn along with the beer. Uh, any, um, you know, back to, uh Brett will form a is is a slime coating organism, and it'll uh, pro- <coughs> put those uh, slime producing uh, layers on there, and that's what's hard to clean. So, if you do it quickly after after bottling, you should be just fine. You need half an hour, fifteen minutes of uh, warm PBW, then rinse, rinse, rinse with warm water, same temperature as the PBW. You don't want to use colder than the PBW. You can use hotter, but not colder. Uh, let that uh, recirculate through. And then um, uh, you can go ahead and run sanitizer through there. I also like to pull apart the, the pieces that uh, do come apart, the hose off of the end and, and those various things. Um, you can lock the, uh, the, the little rubber ball end open, things like that. So you just make sure you're getting sanitizer all the way through. I think if you do it quickly after bottling, even with uh, you know uh, beers with bugs, brat, bacteria, things like that, it's it turns out nice and clean. Yeah, the, and, the, and the whole you. the whole product breaks down in seconds. Right. You can you can get it apart and uh, give that a good soak. I like if I'm really concerned about sanitation, I always use Star Sand. Um, it's got uh, the dodecylbenzene mm-hmm. sulfonic acid stuff that tends to but get into the clean uh, before you sanitize. Yes, absolutely clean PBW, before you sanitize. Then then the sanitizer. Yep. And, uh, you know, again, with uh, uh, Star Sand in particular, make sure if you're using mixed metals, you do not over-soak because you just have a giant uh, electrolytic battery. That's and, right. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to damage your metal parts, particularly if you're using any brass. In a- addition acid to. and different metals. That's how batteries are made. Mm-hmm. That's a so lead-acid battery. I can run my Prius off of Star Sand? Yes. And Great. beer guns. Yeah, Star Sand and beer guns. And Star nice. Sand and beer guns. That's it would cost device. you a little bit less than buying a Prius, but... I wouldn't look as douchey either. No, I think that's a foregone collusion. I just wouldn't help. 
would definitely pull the uh, the little rubber uh, uh, the uh, valve seal, the little nubby on the bottom. Definitely pull that off. Be gentle pulling it off, mm-hmm. and uh, give that a good soak, and mm-hmm. uh, it should be fine. That's the neat thing about beer gun reserves. There. there really are not any nooks and crannies for many valves or anything right. where the beer flows, and mm-hmm. we do include the cleaning brushes. Uh, that'll let you get a good uh, uh, soil removal of anything inside. So and I, you know, I, I have yet to use. I'm very anal about cleaning things, and especially when it you know when it touches my finished beer, I'm very very particular about it. But I still haven't used the brush to clean my beer gun because you know the moment I'm done with the beer, I'm running the solutions through. I'm recirculating them a bit. I'm using you know properly mixed solution at a you know warmer temperature on the cleaning and then the sanitizing. I, I really don't feel like I have any need to use a brush. Perhaps, you know, every so often, maybe once a year, give it a good scrubbing of the brush. And it's nice that it's provided. Uh, you know, it's hard to find that size brush, I think. Is that why you're not entering competitions anymore? No. Just kidding. <laughs> entering GABF, man. I'm just kidding, man. Uh, uh, all right. So, um, Pseudo, did we answer your no, question think- there, bud? Yeah, that was perfect. Thank it's, you. It's, cool. it's, Thanks, it's man. easy to clean. I think that the point is do it right away. Use appropriate chemicals and you're you're good. It's it's not an issue even if you're doing sour beers. Yeah. How about an email question? What do you think? Uh huh. All right. Uh, this one is from Jeremy. He says, "I'm about a year in home brewing. I have moved into all grain, and so now I'm doing full boils. Since I went to full boils, I know I needed a way to chill my wort without having to move my kettle into an ice bath. So I bought an immersion chiller." Well, my immersion chiller does a great job until about 95 or 100 degrees. Then it's gruesome the amount of time it takes to get down to pitching, p- 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 pitching pissing temp- temperature. Yes. Or mm-hmm. pissing temperature for that matter. Uh, living in the southeast, the groundwater temps are tepid. Now that it's winter, it may be better, but this mm-hmm. uh, but this fall it took a long time to get the wort down without putting it in a fridge. I was impatient on my last batch and pitched my yeast a little too warm, yeah, 78 degrees. Yeah. But I got lucky and blah, 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 blah. So right now my way of uh, uh. chilling wort is the immersion chiller or an ice bath. Lugging a full kettle around into an ice bath doesn't seem like my pint of beer. Especially after a few beers on my brew day, uh, what would be my most economical way of chilling my wort down to a pitching temp? Should I just throw it in a fridge after my immersion chiller gets me approximately 85? Or are there other ways I can do this? Enjoy the show, guys. Keep it up. Jeremy. All right. I got so. this one. Yes, John has this one. And I know exactly what he's going to say because this is what I was just going right. to Go ahead. Go. <laughs> Buy ahead. commercial beer. No, I... Oh, uh, sorry. I bought a an immersion pump from Home Depot, and I immerse that in an ice bath and then pump ice water through the chiller. Sump pump. And you can yeah. get them cheaper from places like Harbor Freight, whatever. You can get them for about 15 bucks. Yeah, they're cheap. And all you have to do is just pump ice water through the... And recir- well, you can recirculate, yeah, recirculate the, the ice water. You don't want to pump it through once. And really, uh, so... What do you want to... You, you want to make sure that... that with the, that actually isn't quite what I was going to Oh, what, what were you going to say? Um, the, the first 100 degrees are awful darn easy to get out. because you Use, have use your tap water for the, for the beginning. Right. Okay? And once you see a slowing starting to happen, you can switch to ice water with some pump and recirculate it back. You set up a bucket with some ice and water. You, you know, pump that water through. If you really want to push it, you can add some salt to it. People do that. I, I don't bother with that. But I pump ice water through my, my coil. The other big factor that's going to really accelerate... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Chilling is agitation. agitation. And what now, John was telling me uh, when we were brewing with Kevin here, right. uh, he 
He just act. I mean, the the most economical if you don't have a pump is to just swirl the chiller swirl around. Swirl the chiller right. around and keep moving. Now, that. the the thing about swirling the chiller around is that you tend to need to leave the lid off, which is dangerous because if you get dust and things like that falling bacterial in your beer, stuff, you yep. get bacterial contamination. So, what one thing I was doing, which I don't really recommend <laughs> when it's hot, is you can actually tilt the pot just a little bit in a in a kind of a circle, <laughs> and you can actually swirl the wort with the lid on and not moving the chiller that's and i did that you know a bunch of times and i actually like sloshed hot wort out and that's when i came up with the idea of doing a whirlpool chiller and pumping it around instead of me swirling the kettle but you can swirl that kettle i would i would wait until the temperature drops before you do that and you'll be surprised you should be able to get within three degrees fahrenheit of your groundwater temperature uh, that you're pumping through, yeah. And again, if if that's like an 85 degree groundwater temp, then you're going to need to switch to ice, like John and John are saying. Uh, get yourself a, a plastic bucket. Get yourself a sump pump. If you check eBay, you check uh, Harbor Freight. There's a bunch of places that sell them really cheap. You know, half or a, a third the, or a quarter the price that you're going to get them. You can get them out of China for like. You know, ten bucks and five bucks shipping. You know, yeah. and you another way it. I've seen people do that really without well. a pump. Is uh, they use a uh, funnel? Uh, uh, well, they use you a five-gallon bucket, um, right. gravity, feed and it. another coil. But your pr- it's going to be cheaper, right, to buy the pump than the coil. Well, you, where they use a they pre-chill they, they pre-chill their their uh, cooling water, their it, hose it water. It doesn't work that well. You have to agitate a lot, and it really doesn't yes, work that you well. You do have to agitate in the bucket. The better way that I've seen done down in San Diego is get yourself two five-gallon plastic buckets. One. You raise up, and that's got your ice water in it, and you trickle it, gravity feed it through your chiller and back out into another bucket, and then you just transfer just it up it. back up to the – if it feels cold, you put it back in the bucket up top. That would have to be through. your lowest cost version right there. Right. That's your lowest cost. It's two buckets. You know, you could get a buckets for free, but um, buy yourself like a, a cheap sump pump and uh, through there – Plus, you know, swirl it around, or if you're, you know, lift the lid a little bit and wiggle your your chiller around, and and that'll that'll be the best uh, for low cost, and it'll you'll be shocked at how well it works. Absolutely shocked. Yeah. All right. And how much is a Terminator? I mean, come on. Terminators retail for just under two hundred bucks. Um, that's you know that's a real high tech no way brainer. to do it. Uh, uh, and. Uh, you know, you can, but still, you're still limited to cooling it to within a few degrees of your. That's true. Of your cooling water temperature, so right. you would unless need you to, run ice water through it. Yeah. So either way, you'd need to run ice if you've got mm-hmm. uh, that warm that's groundwater true. temperature. But it's yeah. a place in the process worth of an, it's worthy of investment because that's the danger zone. Exactly. That's where you, you got to get cool, get the get yeast a, fermenting. Fermentation. That, that's yeah. that's the that's the borderline between the hot side and the cold side. If you're going to put money in somewhere, right. define that line. Right, and get That's across true. it quick. Kevin Bacon with a uh, like statement of brilliance, good advice with something. Uh, all right, have you guys noticed that he sounds like Kevin Bacon? He does. he does, and he kind of looks like wow. him. He's looking more and more like him the more just, we drink. I just kind of, I just kind of made it up, you know, to start. But now I'm like, I hear it. I don't. Really we were, we were watching. No, that was Patrick Swayze. Never mind. <laughs> John made me watch the worst movie. <laughs> Ever made a roadhouse? No, it was on. It was on your TV this morning. Steeled on, second worst. Steeled on. <laughs> it was pretty bad, but it was funny. 
Seal Panther. <laughs> what you guys don't know about my friend John Palmer and John Blickman. Yes. Uh, 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 that was funny. <laughs> As we're up at six this morning. Yeah. <laughs> God. All right. You got one more for us? I we'll do have one more for us. Yes, I do. <laughs> JP is just like, I love that they're the most, they're, they're more fucked up than, than I am doing, doing a show. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, this one is from Brett, who's a corporal in the BN Army. He goes, uh, first off, thanks for the great programming. Brew Strong, in particular, has really helped me in my first year of brewing. So here's my situation. I brewed an, a- an IPA using English malts and American hops. Original gravity was 53, and IBUs were about 58. I mashed in, it, I mashed in at 153 and fermented at 68 degrees. When I checked the gravity after a week, it was at 14, but all of my late hop character had been scrubbed out, and there were no residual sugars from my malt bill. I pitched Y-Yeast 1028 according to Mr. Malty, and there are none of the telltale signs of over-pitching. It's just too clean, like a very dry APA. So, is this beer just too small? Best and thanks. Well, so Barrett. What happened? what happened to him? Well, it's hard to follow all that, but... Um, yeah. You know, one of the things that I found was, um, uh, you know, you know the. All right, so there's there's a variety of possible reasons, and they all have a a significant impact on late hop character. One is the hop supply and the amount of oils in it. Um, Kevin, you are you're a big proponent of you know the amount of oils in a hop versus you know anything else about a hop. Hop oils are really where all the character comes from uh different you, you can take the same hop variety you can have cascades grown in the u.s and it could be yakima it could be in oregon and you know, willamette it could be you know uh, idaho it could be wherever and the oil can vary by 100 percent oil levels and you'll get different characters from that so just that you've added these hops at the end you know they, could mean something it could not it could be that could be one of the issues the other is um that the yeast that you use um you depending on the you know how that yeast was grown up you could have you know more surface area or less surface area and those kind of things can affect the amount of uh you know hop character and bitterness that remain in a beer the other thing is, you know, fermentation vigor. You have an excessively, you know, vigorous fermentation. You, yep. you ferment hot, and that thing really blows off a lot of the aromatics. That can happen as well. It's good that it blows off a lot of the uh, less desirable compounds, sulfurs, things like that. Um, and the other thing that I found, and and one reason I go to the, you know, immersion chiller, was when I went to Counterflow, I lost. Um, hop character and you know I was excited about going counterflow but you know what's happening is the bulk of the wort sits hot and that very last moment hop character I was losing and you know it goes through at a small uh, Mm -hmm. rate and it gets chilled quickly and that's great but the rest of it's sitting hot and I'm losing a lot of that now Mm -hmm. the solution to that is either use an immersion chiller and I like the Whirlpool chiller where you quickly knock the entire batch down, kind of lock in those those uh, volatile oils. Right. Or something like a hot back. 
Blickman has the hop rocket. Right. And there you put your hops in. It goes hot into that. It goes out through the Terminator, and you immediately lock in all that character. And that's probably the ideal mm-hmm. because you're you're going from one, you know, from capturing it to locking it in with the coldness. And that's what um, a lot of probers do with the whirlpool as they go into the heat exchanger, right? Right. You know, we tend to let it sit, and we, it's it's just miserable, but. I, I think better than what probers are doing is something like going from a hot back into a, a, a heat exchanger real yeah. quick, and then you know you're you're trapping all those. That's going to give you the best. The next I would think is the whirlpool chiller, where you're you're knocking down the the heat of the entire thing quickly. It takes a few minutes. Um, so you're not quite locking in as quick, but that's really good. And the worst for me is. Um, uh, you know, slowly going through a heat exchanger without, you know, locking that hopper aroma. Yeah. So, you know, those are all, for me, those are the things that affect uh, late hopper aroma. Yeah. Well, you know, the one thing that's missing from this email is what his hop schedule was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's no indication here. Well, we got to assume he put in some late hops, but maybe yeah. he didn't. I put yeah. in only bittering hops. I used <laughs> a quarter ounce of Magnum. Yeah, but I mean, if he's if gallons. he's doing if he's doing a threefold edition, you know, sixty right. half hour fifteen. Just move them all to the end. Yeah, move them all to the end, and that'll that'll kick it up a lot. Right. Um, the only question I'd ask is how much blow off he had. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can lose a lot of the hop flavor and aroma and bittering as and well. Bittering, yeah. A lot of yeah. that uh, you, you comes know. out. Sure. Especially if he's using the uh, pitching rate calculator, you know, he's got a healthy ferment probably. Mm-hmm. Okay. John, you, John B., you got any? Yeah, well put. About the only other uh, thing to consider would be, uh, you know, during fermentation you do scrub out mm-hmm. uh, some of the aromatics, uh, exactly. either, either way you do it. So another option is to uh, to dry hop. Uh, you just right. got to watch uh, you don't dry hop too long so you don't pick up a lot of grassiness. Mm-hmm. Now, are you going to have a product for dry hopping anytime soon? A I, think, I think I will now. <laughs> Just because you've asked for it, John. Right. All right. Cool. Well, and, and that's the thing. Uh, you know, a, a real hot fermentation, um, you know, excessive pitching rates, um, you know, all those things can uh, kind of collect, either blow off, you know, like Kevin's saying, you know, small fermenter, um, you know, big blow off hose. <laughs> can, I wouldn't know can about end that. Up, can end up, uh, you know, reducing a lot of the hop character uh, or, uh, you know, excessive uh, fermentation vigor. And uh, blow Free, off. Even using one. that uh, fermentation control, Fermade. Firm K. Or Firm K. There you go. Yeah. That stuff, yeah. Firm here. cap. Keeps firm, firm cap. Firm cap. Yes. Yeah, firm yes. cap. Firm yes. cap. There's nothing to do with Fermade K is like a uh, rehydration nutrient yeah, aid right, for right. dry yeast. Let's go firm. Fermade K go is. Firm. is firm. K oh, is a uh, mid fermentation Mid fermentation nutrient. Right. Uh, Temp control and the, the anti foaming agent can help a lot. Yes. What he said, but better, right? But uh, better. You know, yeah. those things can uh, assist in increasing uh, bittering and a lot of other things. All right, let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll all Sing think more and answer more questions. And back after this. <laughs> 
BN Army, HopTech has a great discount waiting for you. Do you often find it difficult to find specific specialty ingredients for your homebrew recipes? Well, listen to this. HopTech stocks 59 different grains to choose from, 39 varieties of pellet hops, and 8 kinds of whole leaf hops. And HopTech not only carries Y yeast and White Labs yeast for you, but also Fermentus, 04, 5, 6, 23, 33, and T58 Belgian yeast, plus Cooper's Nottingham and Windsor yeasts. Got your recipe ready to go? Pick up some great brew gear like new long and short sleeved shirts, games, and more. HopTech's new website is being updated every day with new items. If you don't see it, call the shop. They're open six days a week. BN Army and AHA members get a 10% discount, and active military personnel get 15% off. Visit HopTech.com today for great selection, great service, and a great discount. HopTech.com. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the next meeting. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Back to your hosts, Jamil Zanashef and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. Kind of a weird vibe in the studio today. I think, <laughs> I think we're all tired and beat beat to death. And uh, we've got uh, Kevin Bacon to thank for that. Kevin, how's it going? I thought it was Sir Francis Drake. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that over Kevin. Uh, I don't know. Having bacon in the name, that's that's something of a Inside, there's royalty. Nothing, there's nothing better than bacon. Yeah. Yeah. Bacon, yeah. bacon makes yeah. everything yeah. better. Yeah, oh yeah. Even names, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Living the dream, baby. Living the dream. Who had the bacon donuts at the uh, NHC? Voodoo. Owen. 
Yes, Owen. From yeah, one yeah, Voodoo yes. Donuts. I've been to Voodoo Donuts. Yeah, have you been to Voodoo? It's excellent. Yeah. It and is. there, yeah, I mean, there's a reason that there's a long ass line down the street, and you're yeah. like, I'm not waiting 45 minutes for no freaking donut. <laughs> And then you do, and you're like, oh, yeah. That was, that worth, was it. worth it. Yeah. I, yeah, had, I had one at the Nickel Diner in, in downtown L.A., and, uh, yeah, they are good. Yeah, if you have a cold, oh, there's a NyQuil-filled donut. That is, that is Not anymore. L.A.? How do you get a, a good yeah. voodoo it's donut on, in it's L.A.? It's been on diners, drives, and dives. How do, you, how do you get a voodoo donut in L.A.? Do they sell voodoo donuts yeah. at Sassy's? I don't, know. I don't know. There's that. two Voodoo Donut locations that I know of, and well, it may not be Portland. the same. But but Owen brought maple bars that had bacon strips on them, so it I may think, not have been a Voodoo Donut. Well, I think that idea is caught on. Yeah, it's that was meant brilliant. to be. It's yeah. because it's Voodoo Donuts. Uh, if you haven't done Voodoo Donuts, you got to do Voodoo Donuts. You got to go to Portland. You got to get yourself like some Voodoo opened. Donuts. Okay, road trip. Right now, it's let's go. I got yeah, shit to do. Yeah, so you're saying I'm not driving all that way for a freaking donut. Driving. No, I'm telling you, you, you drive all that way for a freaking donut. It's it's worth it. It's it would be worth it mm-hmm. because because of quality. You know the, the what they yeah. All right, so smoked porter is that what you pair with that donut? Well, this is the thing that that pisses me off is Uh-oh. all right. You can do all these you know funky, weird, interesting things, right? And there's a lot of businesses that they they build their brand and breweries that build their brand off of doing something weird. And okay, you know people will try it because it's weird, like a hoppy red but ale or something. <laughs> called Evil Twin. Uh, that, it, but it, it's really not that great a beer, right? It's really not that great a That's product. True, no, because quality's low. Right. Like the the ingredients aren't that great. The the way it was made isn't that great. Or it's just not a good idea. But you get something like well, you know. But even when it's not that great idea, if the if the ingredients are f- fabulous. Let's talk like fat, fatheads in Cleveland, and I haven't been to the one in Pittsburgh. I've been to the one in Cleveland, and I tell you, I yeah, would eat there awesome. time and time again. They've got these weird sandwiches on the menu, and the quality of every little scrap that goes into that is really high. Yep, and the people making it really are, high. are, are really high. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, you know, it's 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 quality ingredients, it's quality process, it's you know people that care about what they're serving, mm-hmm. and I think you get the same thing in like Voodoo Donuts, you get the yeah. same thing at like Fatheads in Cleveland, you're, you're, or our you're, sponsors, or like you know, something for that like Heretic and uh, Heretic no, no, or Blickman Engineering, yeah. um, you, you you know that's so you can do something that's weird. Like or, you know, something that's interesting. And Voodoo Donuts does a lot of weird stuff that you think it's like, oh, you know, it's it's just, it, you know, it's marketing. It's small. It's, it's, well, it's backed with quality. And True. that's what makes it really good. It's, I don't you know, know, quality ingredients, quality process. And it's like, okay, the marketing got me in here. The quality is just going to make me keep coming back. It's like you right. know, you're you're just you're just blown away by you know good ingredients and good process and all that. Can so I, can I just, you know, can I just say otherwise you 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 just want wander away. You're talking about a donut. I'm There's talking not about a whole I'm, lot of good quality things uh, that go in a donut. The, uh, donuts is all about the marketing and the and the no, gimmick. No, no, it's no. It's good, but yeah. have you ever had a bad donut? Have you yes, ever, I have. Really? In your oh, entire yeah. life, you've had a bad donut. Oh, I've had plenty. Oh, uh, you don't like donuts enough. No, I'm. I, I have a. I mean, with I bacon have, on it. Come on. I have a, a critical palate. I'm not like. Well, a, that's my true. mouth is not like a sewer, <laughs> like some people here in the studio. I'm supposed to give you a high five for that rant, by the way. 
<laughs> How about right. you? you want have, to you been, have you been to Voodoo Donuts? Yeah, I've been to Voodoo Donuts. Okay. And yeah. the, they were donuts. They were okay. No, see, you're letting your attitude affect <laughs> like the quality. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're letting your sunshine attitude affect your. That could be. I mean, yeah. I don't see how you can get good. I was quality, high at the unprocessed, time. Or uh, unbleached you know, flour, so you know maybe. what I mean? Like all-purpose baking flour uh, and, and, and you know, fried bacon, fat. And, no, there's a lot of other things that go into they it. Make I a mean, donut. Yeah. The reality well, is, well, it's like you, make a sandwich. You, you go go to, go to Fatheads in Cleveland. If you haven't been to Fatheads in Cleveland, go to Fatheads in Cleveland. I don't want to go to Cleveland. Uh, well, I'll tell you, it's worth Cleveland it. Cleveland Fatheads, just mm. go there. I'm they, fine with the they, subway. They got they got awesome beer. They got awesome food, and everything was just freaking Top outstanding. Notch, yeah. You could you sure. could order anything off of there, and just like wait now why? Because but well, some of the is, sandwiches, I, 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 I don't want you know the the the, the guy wait, who wait, came wait, wait. up with the sandwich is really nice guy. Sure, but I'm thinking, what the hell are you throwing these things together now? I'm not sure if it's a great combination or you're buying the best product that you can and putting it together in the best way you possibly can that makes it so freaking outstanding sure. either way. But this is what I would argue on that is there's there's a, a, a severe difference in grades of meat and different meat suppliers and how meat is cured and like pastrami and all that kind of bullshit, right? But with <sighs> donuts... It's pretty either it's either this way or fresh this or way with fresh. slight uh, tweaks and I don't think there's there's that much of a difference. But when you make well, uh, a donut more, with Fruit Loops or bacon, then then you have that's the extra point that, no, that kind of makes but, it. So but, either you go right. the generic Safeway then, brand Fruit Loops, then it's more hoops, then it's more or, you know, then it's more dependent on process. All right, so if you're all taking the same, I'm calling them. I'm if get, you're I'm, all if you're all I'm taking the, the same flour and all that, on the line. It depends on like you know the grease that you're frying them in and all that yeah. stuff and how you're you're doing it. Sure. Right. So it's sure. like how you ferment. Yeah. Everybody can buy you know white labs or Y yeast. Everybody can buy malt lab. from the same from the same supplier. Right. Everybody right. can go to Northern Brewer and buy all the same ingredients. Right. Does everybody make the same beer? Well, they're not. No. Bu- oh, that but, was a good one. But right? there's much more complexity between brewing beer. It's not just brewing the beer. Donuts. They can make the same wort. Sure, they can make the same wort, but fermentation but making, is where it's different. But making donuts, I think, is is quite complex. <laughs> fucking love to, you. To make We're to doing make a donut things. show. We're exactly. doing a fucking donut show. <laughs> the hell with beer. We're doing you know donuts. Paxton needs to be on that because Paxton did several donut him? articles for uh, Beer Advocate. <laughs> I'll call him right and now. And I think Voodoo right, and Paxton right need a collaboration, beer, uh, collaboration donut. Get him on the freaking Is that what you really bar- want me to do? A barley flour donut with bacon. You know, being from Portland, I gotta say, uh, Voodoo, I think, is notori- their notoriety is from their obscure ingredients. Mm-hmm. I can't say that any of their individual donuts have blown my mind quality-wise. I think you combine certain ingredients and you Kevin get Bacon a pretty amazing Kevin Bacon throwing me under the thing. bus right but, here. But I, I think that's where they're getting it from. Tang-rolled donuts. NyQuil-filled donuts. Right, you know, that's what you know, I'm saying. Bacon and maple. That's, Come that's on. The base that's donut a, how is, could you argue with that? It's just a donut. That's what gets people in the door, but the the quality of the basic donut... I I'm think not saying they're excellent. bad quality, but I think it's, what makes them known is not the quality, it's the obscurity. Oh, sure, sure. That Well, that's what gets you on the TV. Creativity. That's what gets you on yeah. TV. But yeah. uh, you know that's, that's the thing. You can get people into uh, y- y- into your, <laughs> on, your location, but on, if the quality on, isn't on. there. Right. If you then, can't deliver, then, then help with you. Paxton. Yeah, exactly. See, you may have Paxton. What is confused by hearing people on the air? That now he might be. I don't know. Well, whatever. No. It was a failed experiment. We're going to talk about Chimay Crulers. I have a uh, I have a Golden Strong question. All righty. All right. What do you think? You want to get back to, to beer? Uh, or you want to talk about... I'm kind of worked up now. That's I don't right. know. I think we should talk about crepes. We should talk about Gold, Gordon Strong. Okay. 
Uh, dear Bruce Strong Brewing Brothers, I love the show. I don't know why. I go to a university without a brewing science course, so I think your segments are the lectures I wish I got at school. He thinks that they are, but he doesn't know. I brewed a Belgian Golden Strong about a month ago. It had a 1072 original gravity. Um, after about two weeks in the primary, all airlock movement had completely ceased. So I took a gravity reading and carried it down to my basement where the temperature is a consistent 60 degrees. The gravity at the time was 1015. Then two weeks later, with the beer still at this lower temp, I was getting ready to rack to my secondary, and I took another gravity reading. It was 1002. Now I, now I know all the signs seem to point to contamination because it dropped another 13 points without any visible airlock movement. Uh, at, the sun, at the same time, though, I know the yeast is extremely low flocculent yeast, and it tastes free of contamination. My main problem is that now the beer is bone dry over 9%. I'm wondering if you could help me determine what went wrong and what you would do in this situation. I was thinking about making a lower gravity batch and blending the two. Have you had success? If so, blah 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 uh, That is from Matt Levy, who works at our buddies, Captain Lawrence Brewing. Captain Lawrence... Good folks, I had you want to borrow my glasses. That print Scott is like Carl. a minus five yeah, font but, size. But I tend not to be as old as you, and I can read it just fine. Uh, all right, so, um, <laughs> yeah, you are. You act. Uh, I feel like it. Oh, two, huh? I do act. Uh, two weeks in primary. I mean, just because there's no airlock gravity doesn't mean your numbers have, doesn't mean it stopped. Consistent, right? Uh, That's right, the main uh, thing. Yeah. I mean, right. never. You don't, was don't trust your eyes. Trust your numbers. 70, 72 to 2 is pretty big. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I suspect well, a wild yeast at work. Well, d- d- but it, it depends on this. Um, he doesn't say what the grist is. So if he's doing a golden strong 1072 and oh, there's yeah, like true. 20 or 30% sugar. I right. think he did. I, I may have redacted it. You want, to, you want to try to examine it? And he's crossed out in green. Um, well, because, I mean, it's, it's two like, paragraphs. My I'm last not going to read all that. Was has stumped me, and I'm hoping you can help me. Yeah, I don't need to read that. Figure out what happened and how to fix the situation. See, don't but call no. all that crap out. Just yeah. give us the facts, ma'am. Um, let's see. And the recipe, which would have been helpful, yes. but JP redacted. Well, you could have asked. Hey, did you know, he include a recipe? Hey, yeah. JP, what's, the, what's the recipe? And I well, I he's know. crossed it out so he wouldn't be able to read it with his old eyes. And I brewed with uh, 78% Belgian Pilsner Mall, 3% flaked wheat, 2% caramel, temper, 10 love, or ca- caramel 10 love, 2% Munich, and 15% cane sugar. Uh-huh. And used uh, WLP 570. Started based on Mr. Malty pitching rate calculator. I pitched at 64, ramped up to 67 naturally, and after four days, raised to 72, and then on day seven, brought the temp up to 78. The dryness is making the alcohol come through way too aggressively. Well, the dryness and the alcohol are related. Mm. All right, couple of things. Don't turn. I hit the wrong button. I'm sorry. Couple of things. I'm the only one willing to talk here, and the rest of the people are uh, Uh, chatting. One one, one idea that came up was maybe calibration of instruments. Well, that's what I was going to say. Was distilled water? I, I would wonder, you know, about the initial readings. 
mm-hmm. just make sure that your initial word readings and things like that are correct because that that's a common thing that John and I run across. Right. We get you know emails from people. It's like oh well, it's been this, that, and the other. It's like, are you sure you're reading it right? You know, <laughs> gravity doesn't go back up. Yeah. And it's like no, it's gone back up like five points. It's <laughs> like well, it's probably carbonation. You know, are you degassing it? You know, spinning the hydrometer and like oh yeah, yeah. That, and we're assuming was he was not mistakenly using a refractometer after no. fermentation. Well, so. well, that's that's true. I, I I don't think that's the case. Um, you know, the five seventy that can chew down there pretty good, and um, I don't see a mash temp. But that's like ninety five percent attenuation. Or, or better. If it was a contamination, right. what what sort of things would he be looking for? He says lack uh, of flavor, lack of flavor, yeah, or uh, increased flavor. But well, th- yeah, but there's true. no, I mean, you know, it's Souring, not necessarily phenolics. like a sour, but not necessarily right. I mean, he's and it sounds like he's doing a Belgian golden strong. So I mean, the right. phenolics, phenolics are, are going to be masked. there anyway, right? Right. Well, they might be masked. Okay. Yeah. So so By even the though phenolics he says of the five seventy, so even though he says there's no signs of contamination, there actually might be. It's just the the right. yeast he's using might be covering it up. There's a lot of times where people say, well, no, it's clean. There's no contamination. And then you taste the beer and you're going like, uh, yeah, it's pretty rank. It's like, oh, that was like my house flavor. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you know. that's, true. that's one thing I ran into a lot is, is people just don't know. They don't right, know what, it, right. what what a clean beer is. And not to put you know, home brewers down more than I do, but um, you know that that is a factor. That is, I mean, that is, right. you know. Well, see, and the thing that, that that struck me, and you pointed this out, JP, was um, it dropped another 13 points without any visible airlock movement. And airlock movement is not the indicator of fermentation, mm-hmm. necessarily. Um, well, you taught me that. And it's, um, you know, that's what made me think, well, you know, maybe the reading was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one way or another, or, you know, <laughs> didn't... Not, not that uh, Matt is like like you know clueless or anything. I mean, most people aren't. He works at a brewery. I guess he should know. Right. He, he probably knows. Um, but you know, I've seen things where people you know don't fill the hydrometer jar up high enough, and they're like taking a reading. It's like, well, you know, you don't have enough word in there or beer in there to actually get a reading because it, the, the hydrometer is sitting on the bottom of the jar. <laughs> it's not floating. Right. It's not floating. It, it needs to float. Um, but if, again, if he's getting oh two, I guess it, was this at the at the brewery or? Uh, no, it was at his house. I mean, it sounds like he's a home brewer, but he also works at a brewery. Right, 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 right. Very good brewery too, by the way, Captain Lawrence. Everybody. Yeah, you can right. rule out calibration very quickly with distilled water. Right, right, right. Yeah. And even just tap water because the the, yeah, it's the close dissolved in the, in the minerals in, in tap water is pretty low. All right, so we should call Especially it in Indiana. We should probably call it a wild yeast or something. I think uh, Matt, Matt should it, right? send us some, and we will. He uh, can. He can. Taste we'll it, taste yeah. it. So, uh, to the second part, what should he do? He's thinking about brewing uh, another beer and blending it. Um, have, have uh, has anybody else done that? Well, and, uh, if, if it if it is a wild yeast, blending it's not going to help. I mean, the wild yeast will give just, more. You know, it's take off again. Mm. Mm. Okay. I'm I'm very counter to you know trying to correct one beer with another. Um and I guess you know I'm a commercial brewer maybe, maybe I'm gonna think, have to maybe I might think differently but I would rather just dump it and you know brew again 
and you know ensure that was correct you know from the start because you never by by blending uh, you know a problem beer with a good one you you tend to never get like great beer you tend to get an okay beer mm-hmm. in higher volume uh hard to say hard to say oh this one has me stumped i'm not sure what the what the issue would be there mm-hmm. i have 15% sugar uh, he doesn't say what the mash temp was doesn't say whether you know he's checked his calibration on the mash. Even then, O2. I mean, everything would have to be pretty much simple sugars. Yeah. Well, no, that's still some residual because you know you look at something like wine. Mm-hmm. You you end up in like negative numbers. True. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I yeah. Mean, yeah. that's that's within the realm with fifteen percent sugar and a really low mash temp. I think you're still within the range. So that might be it. Um, that's a possibility. I don't know. Stumped. Stumped. How does that particular yeast he used work at low temps? I mean, you at know, 60, that's pretty low for just, an ale yeast. But well, just, he fermented at like 78, and then right. he, he brought it into the basement, which was 60, just to drop out. But he got the last four Play-Doh at 60 degrees. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, if he lost Well, yeah. 60 ambient, it could have been 65 in the thing, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, it's hard to say. Um <laughs> You know, the 570 will go, you know, most of those Belgian yeasts will, will work through, uh, especially the simpler sugars. Um, so, yeah, hard to say. Uh, I'm stumped. I don't know. Stump, stump the geek stump the on the, on the yeah. show. All right. Let's take a short break, and when we come back, a few more of your questions after this. When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center your pot and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust. The top-tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top-tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman from the top tier. In a world where everything has been lost. What happened to the city? It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. Oh no, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? <laughs> Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. <gasps> oh, it can't be done. Come with me if you want the beer. Okay, I'm going to need some big plastic buckets. 
He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you $7.99 Brew Saver shipping, massive selection, and superior customer service comes... Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the Home Brewed Chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your home brew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. We're talking uh, Q&A with uh, my good friend, John Blickman. Is there something we don't know about your friend, John Blickman? There's something you don't know about my good friend John Palmer. Oh. Oh no. Oh shit. Oh shit. The downer of the show. Oh, John. You have to, you have to be ready with this, JP. I'm <laughs> just saying. <laughs> what you don't know about my good friend John Palmer. John. Yes. <laughs> when he was in high school. Worked as a dental assistant. Working the suction tube, weren't you? <laughs> That's right. And he got fired. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't do it well enough. Didn't didn't, didn't work his suction tube well enough. John Palmer, my friend, worked as a dental assistant in high school. True story. True story. My friend John Palmer. All right, back to. Uh, that was professional. Can I just tell you that that yeah. fucking fade out <laughs> right on the right on the right point on the or nipple? post is what they call it. Right on the erect nipple. God, yes. I'm real good. All right. Okay. Any more questions here before oh, we, we got a lot uh, of questions? Wrap this up. We got a lot. Let's do uh, some from the chat because I've been we'll ignoring do, them. We let's do go like one or two, and then we're transitioning we're into done. a new show here. Uh, let's throw or it back we're to done. one or the other. John Blickman. Uh, question. Question for Blickman. Uh, are the pl- are there plans for a hop rocket mount to the top tier system? Are there plans? There are not currently plans. There are, but now. we always love input from our our lovely customers, and uh, yeah, that's something that we'll have to throw in the mix and uh, and see. The one other thing that we were even thinking about is a mount. Uh, probably could hopefully try to use the same mount for y- mounting that inside of a refrigerator slash. Uh, freezer for a Randall mount. Oh, mm. we love John. Mounts. John thinks a lot about mounting. I think. Um, you know, my experience with him at 
Kevin Bacon's house in, up in Tahoe was that uh, the, the famous actor Kevin yeah. Bacon. It was that uh, he, he thinks about mounting a lot. I do a lot of thinking, uh, uh, but I need to do more implementation. He was talking about you know mounting the uh, the little electrical probe there for the uh, the uh, tower of power snap in mount. He's talking about uh, you know clamp mounts and the drilling was. Drilling challenging mounts. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, Despite he's, the lubrication. Mounting yes. mounting is always forefront of his mind. But would you say the utility shelf, John, is a, a noble uh, spot for the hop rocket on your top tier? The utility shelf would be a, a great, great mount. choice for that. And there, the a nice thing about it is mount. there would be plenty and adequate room to put your beer on the shelf simultaneously with the hop rocket. Could you fit... A tower of power and a hop rocket on the shelf. The tower of power and a, a single, yes. Yeah. Although electricity and uh, uh, and water generally don't mix, so just keep those separated. <coughs> oh, please. Come on. GFI, you don't have to worry about it. There you go. Throw caution to the wind. Or GFY, for that matter. Yeah. Next question. Uh, next question. Uh, what is the I- this is for uh, from Dog is my co-pilot in the chat room. He says, "What is the ideal horsepower or gallons per hour for a pump to push ice water through an immersion chiller, a fifty foot immersion chiller?" A fifty foot immersion. Well, see, you know, that's the problem with measuring pumps is horsepower and gallons per hour and all that crap doesn't mean squat. All for right, centrifugal so, pumps. Right. You know, the amount of uh, head pressure you might have, how low your your supply of water is up to your pump, uh, you know, the restriction through the coil, you're saying a 50-foot, 50-foot what diameter uh, uh, ID uh, copper, how smooth it is, things like that, they're all going to have an effect. So you really want to oversize these things. but And then throttle them back with a with centrifugal pump. Uh, right. You know, it's variable displacement. So you're going to want to use... I would be suspect of a 809 March pump having sufficient flow capability uh, through anything but maybe a 5 8 inch uh, pump. It, I, I use it. I use it on on, uh, on on my chiller, and it's no problem. Um, it it's. But what, it, well, how long is how long is your uh, uh, your coil, and what diameter? Um, it's what half inch. Um, ID, ID, and um, no, well, tubing would be OD, OD, and um, it's uh, 50, 50 foot. And it, it, the March pump has no problem with that. But I would, I, th- I think the question is, if you use something like a sump pump. If you if you're looking for the cheap pumps, because if you those go on, are not gonna if you go online and you go on eBay or whatever. The ones that are saying like fifteen hundred gallons per hour, three thousand gallons per hour, some ridiculous numbers. Those are are far capable of doing it. The ones, I and mean, you can get them down to like fifteen bucks if you're looking at ones that, um, you know, it's like a thousand to fifteen hundred gallons per hour. I think is what they're talking about, and what they're going to deliver is like, you know. A uh, hundred gallons per hour, <laughs> and we have Chris Kennedy and Erica Kennedy in in the studio. And Her, those are going to be mo- most centrifugal. Yeah, most centrifugal pumps are rated at a uh, a very low restriction, and depending right. on the impeller design and other it's, variables, they drop off. That doesn't. Yeah, 
And quickly if you, or not. You know, if you, if you buy one of these cheaper pumps and you find that it isn't quite working, um, just raise the, the source water up. If you have it laying on the ground and, and you got your coil above it, um, you know, put it up on a, a step stool or something. Get it up the same level as your coil, and you have uh, far less pro- problems right. with it. And key thing there is, you know, the larger diameter copper uh, tubing you can use, the less restriction you're going to have. Right. So, uh, there you go. Sounds good. Uh, last question from the chat from Fume Four Twenty. Get it? It's like pot yeah, smoke yeah, and things. Right. Okay. Four twenty. Uh, question for. Did, did I tell you we have Evil Cousin coming up? You did tell me that. Yes. So, Heritage Heritage Brewing, we we got Evil Cousin being kegged. And why is it? Monday. Well, it was all Chris's idea. Yeah, Chris is going to do it. Yeah, Chris, like a pothead or something like that. I don't know. He's like, hey, Cousin, let's do it. Hi, let's do a beer called Evil Cousin. What is he, Towly now? Yeah, he's (laughs) Towly. He often does a Towly. Oh, yeah, there's microphone and uh, head, headset for you right down right down there, Chris. Uh, jump in. Yeah. Go ahead. And, uh, Try to you defend yourself. Don't, don't you move so explain, fast. Explain to people how, I, how I'm wrong about uh, how this went down, how we ended up with an evil cousin. But we were, we were, uh, we were there, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just, it just happened. Well, yeah, I mean, evil cousin is basically a uh, – it's, it's a necessity IPA. We were, we were just sitting down. You know, there's another hop shortage. Uh, currently going on more selective hop shortage, uh, mostly with uh, a lot of the citrusy uh, American hops, Simcoe, uh, Citra, Amarillo, Good. those kinds of hops. And uh, those happen to be some of my favorite hops to put in an IPA. And so when we decided to make a really like a, a strong hoppy IPA, a double IPA sort of beer, um, we were just starting to discuss what sort of hops we would want to have in it. And we were just what? looking at the available hops. And I, I think that was kind of it. It was like, well, we can't make... You know the kind of strong IPA we would want. It's like the only thing you can do is something dank. Yeah, and it's like, well, yeah, we could call it Evil Cousin. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then we're like, yeah, okay, we got to do that. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> well, and all you guys, you you had a, a sample of Evil Cousin at the at the brewery there before we came down here, and yeah. it was hoppy as all get out, huh? A lot of hop flavor in the in the beer. I mean, yeah. almost you know you almost couldn't taste the malt. Resiny, yeah. dank. dank. Somebody said dank. dank. I think Kevin reminded said me dank. a lot of one night stands. Very intense. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> I guess we'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> it dropped nice and clear. I was I was pleased. I pulled the sample off the Zwickle and I'm like, wow, that's clear. That's a good thing. Clear beer is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's still nice and dank. Now that reminds John of a lot of one night stands. It was real <laughs> clear in the morning, which is fine. Can I read the question or? Sure, go ahead and read the question. I don't know. I mean, I'm just just saying. Might be a change of pace. Uh, From Fume420, question for Jamil. In brewing classic styles, are the fermentation temps done with a thermal well or another method? Uh, And, of course, thanks to Brew Strong, Jamil Show, and even Sunday session, my beers are turning out, blah, blah, blah. How did you take those fermentation temps? That's what I love about JP. He reads all the the things or adds in things that say, oh, JP, you're great, and it skips all that. I I, I would never... Add that yeah, in. Yeah, I yeah. never add that. Right. Neither would we. Right. Right. Um, hey. hey. <laughs> so when when I check temp- temperatures, um, and I tend to brew in carboys or better bottles. I just tape the probe to the outside of the fermenter, and then I cover it with a big old wad of bubble wrap, like three inches thick, and uh, that's what I do. So it's you know people say, oh, that's not measuring the beer. Yeah, it's measuring the beer. 
the difference between that point on the beer and then the center of the beer is like a half a degree. So I actually ran an experiment where I used uh, the same uh, probe on taped on the outside with Izzy aluminum duct tape mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and tape it on just because it stays better on wet stuff. Right. And that I actually don't. Really well. I actually don't put uh, an insulation over the top. But that's a great, uh, right. a, a great plan. But I actually. Uh, did that, measured it, and took the exact same it's probe. probably really close. And, insert, and it was less than half a degree using the same yeah. probe. So there's right. no, uh, you know, no no difference between the, the sensor and, the, and meter. The liquid in the in the fermenter would have to be so static. And yes. even then, it's going to, the temperature is going to, you know, conductivity is, is, you know, huge. Convection, I mean, you can set up, you know, thermal layers and... Um, uh, you know, in in liquids, but you know, if there's even the slightest movement, that breaks down. So, you know, and any time you're going to have a difference in temperature, you're going to have convective flow. Right. I, I mean, it's possible in something like Lake Tahoe, <laughs> where it's a big volume of water that we've been at, and you know, you you can actually see the yes. thermocline. You get down there, and you can you you can see the layer in the water. But it's about I crouch mean, deep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you go, I feel the thermocline, um, um, but other than that, you know, and, and you throw a little insulation on the outside, and it's 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 yeah. homebrew scale, same, so it, it's not worth the contamination risk or the right. headache or exactly. the expense. You I can't agree. beat a piece I, of duct tape for cost I effectiveness. I wouldn't bother getting a thermal well on a fermenter or anything like that. Just tape it to the outside, cover it. You're you're good to go, um, and so. All the temperatures in the Brewing Classic styles are the temperature of the beer, and that's how it's measured. So I forgot the question. Great. Anything else you want you to say, say Jamil, before, uh, before we take off? Before we take off? <gasps> Fellas, gals, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration, plus a free extra gift so essential we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, they'll throw in free shipping on your entire order. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. You'll get 50% off one item when you top, type Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you also get the three free DVDs. And those are DVDs of your choosing, not just random things sent to you. And a free extra gift and free shipping. So just use the offer code J-A-M-I-L at adamandeve.com today. Another fine episode of Brew Strong. Well, it was an episode. Yeah. yeah. It, was fu- it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. fine. Fine that it's done. Get her done for barley, man. Yeah. This is the kind of fine programming you are paying for, Mr. John Blickman. <laughs> I'm just trying to stay solvent. You and, guys are and, barely and, helping. And I, and I tell you, all you folks listening, if you want this guy to keep paying for the show, you better like you know get to his website and start smooching some ass here. We haven't you know, impressed him today. Don't be looking at AdamEve.com. Be looking at BlickmanEngineering.com and doing your your ass First. kissing there. Yeah, yeah. Go there. Yeah. Get get your get your wood on and uh, or maybe go to AdamEve.com. First, you go there, get you, yourself excited, you then go to Blickman and tell them how much you love them. Yeah, well, you buy something for the you know your partner, 
your brew buddy, if you will. And then you go to Blickman.com, and then you go to Northern Brew, and you visit all of our sponsors. Right. But- Satisfy the boss, and then you can buy the goodies. Right, and then, it, and then just downhill. Prioritize this. We've all been drinking. So just tell them how much you love them and, and how much you appreciate that he pays for the show so you don't mm-hmm. have to. If you get a chance, check out the Brewing Network store, brewingnetwork.com slash store, and uh, you know check out the goodies there. All that you buy there goes to the bottom line of the Brewing Network and really helps uh, keep this stuff on the air. Until then, uh, brew strong. Brew strong.